cool. So yeah, um, I guess yeah. So we're carrying on our series. I don't think we have a name yet, bro, for this series. But I guess um, yeah, we are just. I guess we are looking at um, the things of the spirit, um, and I guess we are having a look at um, uh, yeah, the things of the spirit and and a bit of spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. I would say, and what and companies that. And what we have as believers, and also who who the adversary is, and I think um, Daniel um, did a really good job last week by really by really making it clear that number one there is an adversary, and I think that 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 needs to be important. There is an adversary. Uh, number two, there is an invisible realm. There is an invisible realm that has an impact on the earth. Um, and 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 number three, we are in a war. Do you know what I mean? And um, I think it's important for us as Christians to know that. So when we go through um, uh, various things in life or circumstances occur in our families, that we are aware that there is an invisible realm, and that and and that and that there is an adversary who seeks to oppose. Um, uh, uh, the works of God mm. that seeks to oppose the kingdom of God, but as we know, we are we are thankful because Christ has all authority in His hands. Mm. Um, so our job as Christians, I guess, I'm maybe stealing the thunder for a couple of weeks, but our but our job as as Christians is to really uh, walk in that authority that He has already claimed uh, for us. But today, <clears throat> um, I need a a name for the message. Um, I guess I'm going to put it, I think I'm going to call it, put all of it on. That's the name of the message. Put all of it on. Put all of it on. And that's going to uh, become clear. Um, so yeah, let's start with, let's start with the book of Ephesians, um, chapter six. And then we're going to go from verse 13 to 18. <coughs> Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication of spirit, being watchful to this, and with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Abiel. Thank you. Um, Dan, Daniel touched upon the scripture um, last week, and he told us that we would uh, dive a little bit deeper into the armour of God. And I believe it's something that um, a lot of Christians are familiar with. Um, in terms of what what the armor of God is, and 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 and, and the specific pieces of um, armor, what I want to do is kind of break it down a little bit further. What I want to do is let's start from verse thirteen. Uh, verse thirteen says, "Therefore, take up the whole armor of God." Okay, that verse is really important because Paul says, "Take up the whole armor." He doesn't say uh, all you need is just to have the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth and you can keep it moving. Mm. He, he says, take up the whole armor. 
So each piece of armor is as important as the other. The, the sword of the spirit isn't more important than the shield of faith. The shield of faith isn't more important than the preparation of the gospel of peace. Each piece of the armor is important. And Paul is saying we need to take up the whole armor. So everything he's talking about, he's not saying to pick one or two, but all of it is needed if we're going to be able to what? What does he say? Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? So that you can stand, so that you can withstand. The armor is there so we can fight. And I just like to be quite blunt. The armor is there so we can war. The armor is there so we can battle. What does that mean? So the word withstand in verse 13, I thought that it was just us standing there. So just imagine a person standing there and then they're just getting mashed up and it's just about not falling. That's one aspect. But another aspect of withstand is to set one against someone else, Mm. is to resist And it also means to oppose. So the armor of God is is not number one. It's it's important for us to put all of it on. Number two, God has given us this armor per se. Yeah, he has given us this armor so that we can withstand, so that we can oppose, so that we can resist, so that we can set oneself against. Okay, cool. Let's carry on reading. From verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. So he he, he wants us to take up the whole armor of God um, so that we can withstand, so we can oppose and we can fight. And then Paul says, so that we can uh, oppose and fight in the evil day. Mm-hmm. If we also look at verse 11, which we haven't read, but Paul also says, in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So we've got, I guess, Paul, Paul here is, he's highlighting two reasons to, 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 to put on the whole armor of God. Number one, against the wiles of the devil. Um, and number two is against the evil day. And for me, my understanding of the evil day, and if you look at uh, the original language of the evil day, it speaks of, 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 of just moments where there's just trouble. Seasons, yeah, seasons of spiritual warfare. Mm. Moments where things are not going right. Mo- moments where you're being opposed. Mm. Um, 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 and it speaks about in verse 11, the wiles of the devil. And I think Daniel touched upon this, uh, uh, last week, the, like why, what the wiles are, are the devil are, are, are his tricks and his schemes, his tricks and his schemes. So Paul here is saying, we need the whole armor of God. Uh, uh, we, we need to wear it all. Because we need to withstand something, because we need to resist something, because we need to uppose something. Um, and we need to oppose it so, so, so that we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the tricks and schemes. And so when we, and 
and sorry, in verse 13, where he speaks about in the evil day, he doesn't speak about if there's an evil day. He speaks about in the evil day because there will be those days. There will be those days when there is spiritual warfare and we will talk more about that. But there will be those days where there's calamity, where you're thinking, what is going on here? This doesn't make sense. There's stuff happening and it's not and it's not from this realm. It might be presenting from this realm, but it's been um, energized or it's been orchestrated in another realm. It's been schemed in another realm, the wilds of the enemy. Okay, cool. So we, we've got the armor. We're opposing. We're resisting. We are, uh, uh, yeah, we are resisting and opposing and we're set against um, the enemy uh, so that we can stand in the evil day. Let's carry on. Uh, where, where are we from verse 13? Therefore, take up the whole of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. So having done all to stand, Paul, Paul is saying that we need to stand. And this word stand is, that, is different to withstand. Okay? Withstand is about resisting and opposing. Okay? And here Paul is saying, we, like, we need to take up the whole armour of God in the end so that we're able to stand. But what's he talking about? Like, why is it important that we're able to stand? What does that word stand mean? And this, when I found out what it meant, it really helped me to understand spiritual warfare. Um, yeah, much clearer. That word stand, it means to make firm, obviously. And it also means this. To cause a person or a thing to keep his or its place. Okay? That word stand means to cause a person or a thing to keep his or its place. Okay? What does that mean? The enemy or the adversary, the one we are opposing, his agenda is he wants you to shift, he, he wants you to shift your position. Okay, he wants you to shift your position and he wants you to question who you are and who God is and your position with God. And and if we look at snap, if we look at snap, all like the temptations of uh, Jesus, um, all the moments of, of warfare in the Bible. It's centered around the enemy wanting to shift our position. To gain our attention so much that we begin to forget who we are, that we begin to forget who God is. Think about those, 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 um, let's even take it back to the Old Testament where Joshua and Caleb and the 12 spies go into, they go into the promised land and, and they come back why did they come? Some of them come back with what? Um, a evil report. Yeah. The reason they come back from with that evil report is because 
the enemy was able to shift their position. In that moment, they were no longer able to see themselves as the chosen nation. They were no, they, they, they weren't able to really perceive that God was with them. That's why they came back with an evil report. But what did Joshua and Caleb come back with? They said, found we're, we're, we're well able to do this. Why could they do that? Because they were equipped. They knew their position. The enemy, the enemy came to shift their position, but they were able to stand. They were able to keep the place or the space that God had given them. We, we can even go to what? The Garden of Eden, where it all began. Mm. If, if, you know what I mean, the serpent came, did God really say that? This tree will do this. It's to, the, the questions are to shift your position. Make you think you're not God's beloved. Make you believe he's withholding something. Called you to believe he, he can't keep you. Called you to believe he's not faithful. Called you to believe you're not who God has called you to be. Met, like many of us, um, and, and um, yeah, many of us that have dreams and sometimes might have a, like, like a scary dream, like maybe like a dream that brings fear. A lot of the time, the enemy is doing that n- not because he can actually finish you, but because he wants to shift your position whereby you feel as though you're not who God has said you are. So, for instance, if God has called you to be great, he'll give you dreams where you're bare small and, and you're running away from, from like small things. Why? It's to shift your position. But what's Paul saying? He said, put on the whole armor, right? So we can oppose and resist. In the evil day, which is the, which are the moments of spiritual warfare, so that we can stand, stand therefore, so that we're able to do what? Keep the position God has allotted for us. Keep that position. To stand, keep. The position. Mm. Keep the position. Keep the position. Keep the position. It's, he wants to move your position. He wants to move your position. Because what do we know? We know that we're seated in Christ. Mm. But what happens if you don't believe that? Come on. Mm. What happens if you don't believe that? Hmm? If God says that you're, you're his son, what happens if you stop believing that? What kind of life uh, uh, um, is for the person or the Christian who, who stops or forgets to believe in that? What's happened is that when we stop believing in that, we have succumbed to the wiles of the enemy. We succumb to these schemes and we have allowed him to shift our position. Okay, cool. Let's carry on reading. So obviously we know that there are specific pieces um, of the armor of God. And I'm going to talk about each piece 
Um, I may make a short reference to where they are, but that's not my focus. And I don't, yeah, that's not my focus. Maybe, again, I, I was reading loads of things about this is what the belt means, this is what this means, and there's there's loads of conflicting theories of what they mean. But what I, But this is what I want us to know. Paul is saying that there are some things we have to have if we're going to be able to stand. Let's just keep it simple like that. There are some things we need to go into battle with if we're to be victorious. If you enter into battle with just one of these things, you're going to get finished. If you enter into battle with just a couple of these things, you're going to get finished. And when I mean finished, I mean that you're not going to be victorious and your position will have shifted. That's what I mean. Okay. Let's read. Verse 14, stand there for having fastened on the belt of truth. So we've got the belt of truth. What is truth? Well, truth is, and if you look at um, the original word uh, for this word truth, is what is true in any matter under consideration. So truth is true in any matter under consideration. No matter what season, no matter what's happening, truth is true. Mm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Facts are different to truth. Okay. Why are they different? Facts are facts are time bound. Okay. What do I mean by that? So depending on the on where you are, um, how can I describe that? So, for instance, um, yeah, depending in where you are in history, facts change. That's what I just said. Yeah? Facts change depending on where you were in history. There was a time in history that it was a fact that, 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 that like, aeroplanes would not fly. That was a fact in a period of history. But truth is true regardless of the time, regardless of where you are, regardless of the tools you have at hand. What's Paul saying? He's saying for us to be able to oppose the enemy, if for us to be able to stand and, 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 to, and to really keep a hold of the place that God has given us, we have to walk in his truth. We have to gird ourselves with truth. What does it mean to gird ourselves? Um, in the ancient times, men would would wear long robes, um, and and they would be quite constricting to the to the legs. So you 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 wouldn't be able to kind of spread your legs wide. So so running would be quite difficult, or kind of uh, squatting and picking something heavy. So the gird would mean you would uh, kind of take up the bottom of your rolled robe and then tuck it underneath a belt so that you could move more freely so that you could do the things which you needed to do and so truth is what stops us from being entangled and tripped up by the things of this world truth is what helps us to not be entangled and to not be tied up in the things of this world Truth is what gives us freedom. Truth, uh, yeah, truth is what gives us freedom to move, 
to move and be active and to do the things which God is calling us to do. So we have to have truth. And we know that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So going back again to Jesus Christ, walking in truth. What's the next bit of armor? Belt, uh, the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And I, and I love that scripture that uh, Freddie spoke about, about, about the gift of righteousness which came through Christ. Um, what is righteousness? Well, it's a free gift. And I, I like to see it as right standing with God. It's right standing with God, meaning that I can go to God and I don't need to be, and I don't need to be hiding. I don't, I don't need to be covering my face thinking that I'm not worthy but because he's given me a free gift of righteousness, I can, I can boldly go before him now. Let, let's read Romans 5, uh, 17. Romans 5, uh, 17. Who was that? Cool, I'll read that. Romans 5. Uh, 17 and that reads for if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ so again it is it, it, it just illustrates one more time that his righteousness is a free gift. Through him, we have the free gift of righteousness and now we're able to walk in righteousness. And again, what Paul is saying is knowing that we're righteous is part of spiritual warfare. I really need us to understand this. It's part of being able to stand. Knowing God's truth is not just, ah, oh, yeah, I know his truth. Like, I need to know his truth and I need to know and walk in his righteousness so that I can withstand. What's the next thing? Number, uh, if we carry on reading, so we've got uh, the breastplate of righteousness. We've got shoes for, and shoes for, the, for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Um, can someone just read uh, Romans chapter 1, um, verse 16? Yeah. Cheers, Maria. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen, amen, amen. Paul saying, put on the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the power of God unto salvation. He's saying what? Walk in the good news. Mm. How do I withstand? I need to walk in the good news. And I need to know that this is good news, that I'm walking in his good news. And what's the good news? That Jesus died and rose again. What's the good news? That I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. What's the, what, what's the good news? I've been forgiven. What's the good news? I've received the free gift of salvation. What's the good news? I'm no longer a servant. I'm now a son. 
Paul's saying, let's walk in that. Let's walk in the good news. As I'm resisting, I walk in the good news. What's next? In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy. And we know that according to scripture, that faith, faith is, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things uh, 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 seen and the evidence of things unseen. Faith, faith, faith. Faith, faith is the conviction, sorry, faith is the conviction of truth. Paul saying, take up the shield of faith. Take up the shield of faith. Believe that God is able to do what he said he would do. When we're able to believe that God is who he is, when we're able to believe that he will do what he said he will do, that allows us to distinguish the arrows of the enemy. What are the arrows of the enemy? These are uh, his, 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 his schemes and tricks to, again, take us away from our position. And something that I, or I should say, saw or felt when I was reading more about the shield of faith was I felt that the shield of faith, and I kind of said it earlier, was just us standing in one place, hiding like this. And then the fiery darts were just, were just getting bomb, bombarded. Um, and sometimes that's what the, and, and sometimes that's what it can look like. But those of us that maybe know um, some like war films, sometimes the shield is for advancement. Mm, mm. And it's like, yeah, when the arrows are coming, you use your shield so you can keep it moving. As I like to say, it, it's not about well, there's well, there's spiritual warfare. I can't do anything. No, no, no. I take my shield of faith. I believe in what God is telling me to do, and I keep on advancing. I, I, I keep on resisting. And I keep on claiming the position which God has given me. I'm advancing. So the arrows are just coming off me. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm going to him, to the adversary, to oppose him. Mm. And I need to know who God is. I, I, need to, I need to know who he's called me to be. Mm. I need to have a conviction of truth as I begin to oppose the enemy. So we've got the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. What's the helmet of salvation? The helmet of salvation to me is, is knowing that we're saved. Knowing we're saved. And what I'm learning on this journey is that Sometimes you might hear the statement, you know, really know you're saved. And that can seem very, oh, no, I kind of know that. But actually, Paul is saying, no, 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 you, like, you, like, you, like, you need to equip yourself with the knowledge of your salvation. You, you need to equip yourself with the knowledge that he loved you so much that he took you from darkness into light. 
that you're now saved from damnation. You, like, like the enemy doesn't have power over you because you're now saved. Because you're saved, you're under a different covenant. The way I think is now different. The way I see things is different. And if we know anything about the helmet, the helmet didn't just protect your head, but it would come down to protect your face and 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 protect your eyes. And there would just be like a small uh, peephole that you would be able to look at. It's the way I see things is is now different because I'm saved. You you saw giants, but I saw my bread. You saw giants. But I saw a land flowing with milk and honey. You saw giants, but I saw something that would that that would increase my patience and increase my perseverance. I saw you saw giants, but I saw another moment for God's glory to be shown on this earth. The helmet of salvation. And lastly. Where are we? Verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. What does this mean? The word of God is how we fight. The word of God is, he's saying that, that his word is like a sword. His word can be used for battle. Knowing his word. And, wh- and what does he mean by this? It's, it's not just knowing um, your memory verse for the day. And even though that is important. It's, it's not just the, the, yeah. It's not just specific verses in the Bible. But it's, it's the word which God has given you. What has the Lord given you about this season? What word has he told you about this season? What word has he told you about your life? Paul is saying that we can war with that word. There's a scripture and and maybe someone can put it into the chat so I can read it. But there's a scripture where Paul speaking to Timothy, if someone could find it. And he speaks to him about warring with the prophecies that he's received. Um, if someone can uh, find it for me and just put it in the chat um, so so that I can read it out. He, Paul, Paul is saying that the words you receive, the prophetic words, which, which, which open up your eyes to who you are, you can war with that. What does that mean? When the time comes or in those evil days where the enemy is telling you you're afraid, but you know that God has told you that you will be a conqueror, you can war with that word. You can war with that word. Yes, Paul, Paul speaking to Timothy. Speak, yeah, he speaks of fighting with that prophetic word or, or, or warring with that word. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, this charge I entrust you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Chloe. First, and that, that's, that's First Timothy uh, chapter 118. That's the sword of the Spirit. His word. 
Can someone read Isaiah 55, verse 11? I really like this scripture. So shall my words be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Come on, come on. In fact, just read it one more time for me. So shall my words be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Mm. That's his word. That's what the Lord is asking or calling us to war with. His word can't return back to him void. His word has to accomplish everything he set it out to do. So if the enemy is coming against us as a people and we're needing to stand, when we're able to call upon his word, not only in the Bible, but the words he's spoken to us about our lives, it can't return back to him void. It has to accomplish what he set it out to do. And Paul, and Paul, and Paul is saying, and as you can see, all of them are quite defensive, except for, I would say, the shield and the sword. This is what we war with. This is what we advance with. So what do we have here? We've got Paul telling us to, to put on the whole armour. He's telling us that we need it so that we can oppose uh, and resist the in the evil day. And we're understanding that that evil day comes to shift our position. That's why it's important that we stand. Well, how do we stand? We stand by taking truth. We stand by clinging to righteousness. We stand by clinging to his gospel, to faith, to salvation and to his word. How do we stand in, in our position? We need to know his truth. We need to know we're righteous, not just in theory, but we need to know it. We need to know it if we are to stand in those evil days. We need to walk in the good news. We need to believe he is who he said he is and he will do what he said he would do. We need to know that we're saved and our salvation isn't by works, but it's by faith in him. And we need to know that we can war with, with the words he has given us. This is the armour which Paul is describing. And I believe that the Lord is calling us as believers to put on. So I guess one of the questions is how, how do you put this on? That's one thing that I, that I, that I, that, that I struggled with. Like I thought, you know, is it, is it a prayer you need to say every day? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you need to wake up and say, Lord, I'll put the helmet of salvation on the breastplate of righteousness. My, my feet are shod with peace. I, I've got the shield of faith. When you pray, do you need to pretend you're holding a sword and a shield and move around your room? <laughs> How do we put it on? And I guess what I felt like the Lord told me was the way that, we're, the way that we put the armor on is by engaging with the enemy under these terms. Okay? We only engage with the enemy with God's truth, with his gospel. 
knowing we're saved, knowing we're righteous, holding on to faith and walking in his word. If you try to engage the enemy in different terms, you'll soon find out you'll be finished. And you will soon find out that you'll be fighting the same battle for bare years. I really need to say this as well. God, God isn't calling us to, like, so the evil day are seasons. If your season is now becoming your life, then there's an issue. And, and they really need to make it clear. Paul is talking about evil day, seasons, wiles of the enemy. If the season has now become your life story, you've been battling under the wrong terms. You, you've been engaging with the enemy under the wrong terms. You've been maybe warring with the with the sword of pride or, or the sword of earthly wisdom. Uh, 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 and your shield has been public opinion. And your breastplate has been uh, war ever trending on Twitter. We, guys, we cannot engage the enemy in any other terms than these. How do we put it on? We put it on when we engage the enemy under these terms. So, so, so when, something's ha- when something's happening and I begin to pray, I begin to know the truth of the matter. I begin to know that I'm right standing with God and that I don't need to creep and hope that he wants to save me. I come into this knowing that he is who he said he is. I come into it knowing that his word is true and that it can't return back to him void. I come into this knowing that I'm saved and I'm set free from the elements of this world. I come into this knowing that this is good news. We can't win these battles with the strategies of the world. You're not going to win it. You can read every... Every, every book. And I'm a man of strategy. I need to be clear. I'm a man of strategy. I'm a man who, 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 who understands strategy when it comes to communication and behavior. And there are some times where it's got nothing to do with that. And it's rooted in a different realm. And it's, and what's coming, uh, and and what and what you're warring with isn't flesh. It's what Daniel said: beings, hosts, things trying to move your position. If the like, some of us have like dreams where like we might feel like we're gonna die. Right, right, like 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 the enemy, like like guys, like. If the enemy could just kill you right there, he would kill you. Mm. I know I would. If I if, like if I had if I if I had the authority to do it, I would just do it right there. But you know he doesn't have the authority. Mm. But what can he do? He can shift your position and make you begin to fear. Oh snap! Something's coming. 
maybe God isn't covering me. That doesn't mean that we don't pray against those things, but it's, it's, it's when we pray against those things, how are we engaging? This is, this is important. If we engage with those dreams, I'm just using dreams here. If we engage with those dreams in fear, come on, you, 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 you have entered into battle, not with the whole armor. You, okay. You can't go to battle thinking that the sword is enough. Some of us are going into battle naked with a sword. <laughs> Daniel's laughing. <laughs> We're running into battle naked. But, oh, but I've got a sword, though. I've got the word. Paul says, put on the whole armor, though. Put all of it on. I can't engage when I'm like, I can't engage like through fear. I have to engage through faith. I have to engage knowing that I'm righteous. I have to engage knowing it's truth. I can't engage because I'm afraid there's a boogeyman behind my door. And if I don't do something, I'm finished. I can't engage with the enemy like that. Because once I've done it, he's already won. This is key, guys. The moment I engage with him like that, he's already won. Why? Because I've moved my stance. My stance has changed. I've shifted my position which is what he wants to do. Ultimately, that's what he wants to do. If he can get you to shift your position, even if you win that battle, you've lost the war. Because now from now on, you'll be motivated by that. You'll think, oh, snap, I can still win without the, without the breastplate of righteousness. I can still win uh, 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 thinking that I'm righteous by my works. Come on. So you, you might win the battle thinking, yeah. But the enemy's like, job done. Job done. He's traded the free gift of righteousness for works. His chest is now bare. Ah, I'll let him win this one because now they traded fear for faith. <laughs> I'll give you this battle though. Yeah, win it, win it, win it. Okay. They've now shifted the good news for doom. Okay, cool, cool. Have, have this battle, though. Okay, they've now uh, switched salvation for works. I have this battle. And before long, as I said, you're there standing naked, wondering how did this happen that I'm now naked? Let's be a people that engage with, yeah, let's be a people who engage in warfare, um, equipped with what God has given us. And I know that I was uh, making some lighthearted jokes. God wants us to only engage on God's terms. Knowing his truth. Knowing the gospel. Knowing we're safe, knowing we're righteous, mm. knowing that having faith, knowing that God is who he says he is mm. and walking in that word, whether it be a scripture, you know, or something that the Lord's told us. Don't fight the enemy under his turn. Don't because you'll lose. You, he will shift your position. The only way to stand is by standing in these things. 
Um, so yeah, let's stand guys. Let's be a people who stand.